0: G'day Skyfarers. It is AOS Coach. He's back live. It's been a couple of weeks as I've run a grand tournament and have a few things got to sort out in life. But we are talking all things courage and overlords. I've cleared the sky decks and I'm joined in Grand Tournament, Grand Clash that had about 110, 120 players, which um massive roster, some some very good players playing, and you 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 were in the top 10. You yep. went four and one in eighth place, if I remember correctly, That's with right. Caradron Overlords, which probably would have caught a few people off. So I guess I'm gonna to talk to Lowick about what worked, how on earth he went four and one in podium, you know, top ten kind of at the at a big tournament. I want to know about the white dwarf. Um I know recently you've had a white dwarf supplement and there's a few extra rules, and really just get a kind of, you know. Understand this spell in the bottle, and and oh, I was I was gonna try to make like a funny joke. Though. I know how spell spill the bottle works. I was gonna try to make a joke, but I, I, I butchered half of it. But like before, we get into that. Introduce yourself. Anything you want to say, and, and welcome to the channel.
1: Well, thank you. Um, I'm um, I'm just playing Caradon since V1, I'd say. Like our players start at the start when they were very not good, and nothing was great about their World scroll. And I stay with them even when they were not good. So now I'm. I think I'm going pretty well with what they got. So.
0: I mean, like again, to go up, to go within the top 10, four and one at a major tournament with some very very good players on the roster. I think you've done very well. You remind me of a local uh, close friend of the channel, Alexander Kron, who um, played played KO in first edition. He played it in second edition when you weren't very good. He's gone through the highs and the lows and the changes and just the love of KO. And, by the way, you've always got a new model coming soon, this new Derek yeah. Derek Skyfaring person. Looks pretty cool. I think the Aether cast are going to try to understand what exactly this War Scroll is going to do. We haven't seen it just yet. But what got you into KO? I think it's the fantasy about diving, like, boats riding in the
1: sky and, like, just everything and shooting, like, what? Everyone to have to want to, to run too well because like you don't have to play against an opponent. You you play against his deployment and you see if it passes. And if it passes go well, then if you miss your dice, then it's pretty much game over. But that's like high
0: risk, high reward, and I like that a lot. It's re- an inter- it's interesting, you're right, because it is very high risk high-reward. You're either gonna win and you win well or you lose, and like a good ironclad being shot from the sky, you just crash and burn very quickly. Um, yeah. you, you, there's, there's no middle ground with KO at sea. No, 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 yeah. It's so, pretty hard to
1: come back from a game that you lost on the first turn. It's, it's very but it's
0: powerful, right? Like, KO can come from the sky. You shoot, you shoot off those key things, those key threats. You move around the board. It's hard to pin you down sometimes with the fly-high shenanigans. There's some really cool things, but it's a very technical army and one that takes a steep learning curve to understand, right, because it doesn't – and I I always try to recommend people not to pick up KO in their first army unless they really want to. I'm not going to talk anyone out of picking a faction – but it plays such a different set of rules to Age of Sigma that it doesn't play the traditional objectives. They don't play the traditional movement. You don't play the traditional magic and combat. In like you, you're playing a very, very different game. Yeah, very uh, nice. And you
1: just corner and you see what the opponent do. And if he has another uh, an opponent, you go for it. Like you don't need to make your way to the enemy. You can just teleport, at nine inches from him, and take the opportunity to did some good damage and uh, yeah, like you're, you're, yeah
0: you're playing 4d chess you're playing 4d yep. chess because you've got to be thinking about other different moves and looking at the board very differently because you're not restricted to moving up the board four inches playing that run roll, and you know all the all that you know you can just like mm, mm.
1: yep and you still need to screen a lot because if you get caught by something you you're gonna die immediately so you with this army you'd like yes you can teleport everywhere but you need to teleport in a good place where, like, not all of the army is gonna shoot at you if they're still alive. So, like, you don't teleport like right in the center of the army because, like, you're gonna take all of it. So, you you go in the corners, you pick up a part of the army, and go from there.
0: It's really hard to play against you as well. Like, you know, where do I deploy and how do I how do I try to like hold you off? And yeah. you know, thinking about screening you away, so trying to keep you outside of those nine inch bubbles, but then also some of those weapons extend far greater than 9 inches. So just because I block you out 9 doesn't mean I'm going to stop you from shooting. So there's a no. lot of yeah. a lot of thinking when it goes up against KO, which as a player, you need to understand those threat ranges, understand how to maximize the tools because you are really playing with a scalpel. Yep. Yeah. And you need to learn the army of the adversary more than
1: your own army because you need to know what is going to... I have to die... Because you don't like, cannot kill everyone in one go. So you need to kill the the important targets and then move out when you don't.
0: Yeah, it's very much a scalpel. You you look at your opponent and go, right. I really need to pull this linchpin out. You know, I, I see you know techless in the backfield. I see you know a particular set of you know models that are going to do me damage, mortal wounds. They're going to be the ones that are going to charge up the board. I need to remove them as quick as possible and really just concentrate often my power to take them down.
1: Yep, that's exactly it. So I, if you miss. What, you, what our plan was, if you roll bad dice, then uh, you need to pray that you're not getting double turn. Because if you get the full turn, it's, it's finished. You cannot return from a game.
0: Which is funny, because at the same time, if you double turn me, it can be really punishing. Yeah, it's going to be the same. You, yeah, you're, you're And not, usually, uh, what's well, probably worse, because if you've dropped from the sky, you've shot and then you're not restricted to the nine inches, you can now move up and now everything's in range, even your short range damage. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- that can be often punishing enough.
1: Yeah, that's why I like a lot to start at second if I have the opportunity, because uh, with that, you can have a possibility to double turn or you can uh, make it so like you never get double turn. If you always let the turn to end the enemy, you cannot get double turn yourself. And you're gonna always be able to retreat when it's your turn. And with now a with unleash L, you need to know what is gonna charge with on the boat because it's probably gonna
0: get damaged a lot by this unleash L. Well, that's a good segue actually because how have you found third edition? Because third edition is very hero hammy hammer. Yeah. There's a lot of monsters. There's a lot of incentives rewarding monsters. There's a lot of mortal uh, mortal wound shooting. These are all things you're not very good at. You've got no, no monsters. I mean, you've got, you've got behemoth boats, but you, you don't have monsters. They cannot do you anything. Don't, they don't get bonus points. They just cost a place on the battalion. Like, you don't have the tools. So how, how have you found, and I don't want to like do in gloom this Again, you're doing well. Other people are doing well. But how have you found Courage and Overlords in 3rd edition? And what are some of the considerations that you've had to have in order to build a can you know a, a good list and play well. It's hard to kill like a big monster or hero when you start at a three plus save
1: with the finest hour and all of defense because you're pretty much minus one around all of boards. So like you need to bait the of defense of the enemy. So you start by shooting at an enemy unity and then when he's gonna pop all defense, you go to another one like do not waste your shot on something that like you won't die. But with like the redeployment and the only shell, it, it benefits like Gerdon a lot because you can drop at nine inches and now he's gonna move and redeploy. So like he's not gonna catch you as easily as he was before. And with only shell, you're gonna deal the damage before he's gonna hit you. Up. So you can take a lot of pressure from the unity.
0: Yeah, it's interesting actually when you think about that. Because you're right, like chasing and, and pinning down KO can be really tough as an opponent. And then with a redeploy, obviously you can roll a one, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But I mean, it could be the difference between a successful and unsuccessful charge. But in most cases, you know, you can you know get out of there. And if someone does charge you, then you're going to get an opportunity to shoot your 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 models. And you've got some good shooting. Um, yeah. It's just, but as you mentioned, and I think it's probably one of the other challenges is that you don't have a lot of high rend. No, a lot of it's rend one. And in this hero hammer finest hour. All that defense, mystic shield, safe stacking meta. That's
1: why you need to pick like the weakest one. You cannot pick the hero that's gonna go his damage. You need if he's buffing his hero like a lot, you need to kill all of the other thing that's gonna take the points. So like he's only alone and you just can teleport away from him and never get hit by by this one. Like, if there is, like, an Archeon in, in front of you, I, I won't be able to kill him. I, maybe if I get a double turn, then I will try it. But if I can't have the double turn, like, I won't even shoot at him. It's not doing anything to him. So. May as well trim the trash.
0: Yeah, that yeah exactly right. Exactly. And Aaron Craig po- pointing out an interesting interaction. Stand next to Impassable Terrain, redeploy two inches, and then laugh as if you can't be charged anymore. So I think I think the key there is like you're playing with movement and yeah. you're really playing with the extra tools that probably work in your favor. But at the same time, you know, heroic actions like what I only get Hero- or healing. yeah, exactly right. But my yours not getting it a lot because they're in the boat. So if my
1: boat get it, I I lose already. So I cannot let that exactly. happen.
0: I can not need and to yeah. have my boat alive. Yeah. Yeah, And you don't have, like, monstrous actions uh, no, uh pages as well? No. And I cannot do a monster
1: like check over battle tactic because I don't have any monsters. So I only have five battle tactics. And killing the warlord all the time is pretty hard because when you kill the warlord, he's going to fire sour and lot defense. So that one is a really tough one to do too.
0: Well, the good news is, you know, we're we're recording, like, days previously from um from games workshop and announced general's handbook 2023 or part one so it sounds like there's going to be two seasons i i missed the live stream because it was two o'clock in the morning but it sounds like we're going to have two seasons it'll be six months each and it sounds like this upcoming season is going to reward a lot more battle lines so save stacking putting lots of monsters on the table lots of hero hammering may be kind of coming to an end as more people look to it to take advantage of the incentives of whatever battle line is coming up so we don't know just yet but we can assume there's probably gonna be more troops on the table if there's more troops on the table it means there's going to be um less really high armor saves and maybe your tools are going to work a bit more because you've got a lot of yeah i got a lot of shooting so if there's not a lot of save i can shoot anyone what what was your thoughts on the on the announcement? Were you excited about moving away from the monster meta?
1: Yeah, I, I was because I I cannot play with the monster meta. So, like if I can go away from it, like it only can benefit me because I will get something in return. I wasn't able to do anything with the monster, so now with Battleline, I can do something. Like depending on the way they're gonna do it, but uh, I have a chance to do something good.
0: Like that. And we've also got like Night haunt coming back. We've got yep. Daughters of Cain coming back. So you're likely to see some improvements to Witch Elves. So you might see more bodies like Sisters of Slaughter or Witch Elves. You're probably going to see more Ghosty Boys on the table. Which, you know, yes, you know, they can all rend, but you've got a lot. We of...
1: have a four-up maximum. So it's not that yeah. Like, and one-up is way more difficult than a four-up that I cannot re- reduce
0: yeah yeah i mean you you're relying on what like, your sky cannons and those like one or like one I shot don't have or a lot of Yeah. you cut through and then they the heroic heal which is like why do i why do i even bother
1: yeah, that's why i just don't kill them when they're too buffed up i don't take care of them man i'd kill the rest because if they're only this one you're all good then you won't be able to take like the five other objective on the map so that's why i'm playing playing a game of movement i mean. Killing the least important target or when they're a buffer, I just kill them.
0: Yeah. And, and, and that can help, like, you know, as you said, you know, pull out all that defense and you try to bait out some of those, you know, you look like you're going to shoot here. They put out, you know, finest hour, all that defense type of thing. Cool. Well, then you'll reprioritize and, you know, you won't be so fixated. Cause as you said, you've got to maximize what you've got.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: Are there, any, are there any particular units that you've really enjoyed in third edition? If I was coming over from second, let's say my my KO has been sitting in the shelf for the good eight months and I'm now thinking about pulling it out. I haven't touched it since second edition. Are there any units now that are really good, that have kind of glowed up, or some things that maybe weren't good last edition that now are reconsidering? I'd say there are, gun it's a big one. Um, it's still alive a lot of the time, and it brings
1: all of the thing you can bring into him. So, like, it's the reason why I can keep playing if all the rest is dead, because you can drop some guy off and go to another place. So I only have map control with this one. And the new Admiral too is, like, a pretty big piece um, with his munition, like, that can either um, take out the wards of one unit or giving plus one runs to the Skyfarers. So that's, like, compensating for the rest of, like, my not-good round. Like, one time in the game, I can kill something, like, with a good save. Is Brock good yet? No, I'm on, it? Brock. No. oh Brock. <laughs> he's a way too overpriced still. Um, yeah. And the other is, like, he, he less, get less points in, like, the V3. So he's, like, you're going to take a kick him. because you do the same thing as Brock. And he make the
0: Balloon Boys uh, battle line too. So, and he's I... he's locked to one of the Sky Ports, isn't he?
1: Yeah, and it's I think it's Baraknar, and it's the one with Thunderers and battle line. It's I am never playing that one. I always play Zelfin for their movement in hero phase and dropping the spell portal there because for me it's like the best Sky Port that there is yet with the movement handler
0: in hero phase. What? What about the other Skyports? Are there other good ones? Or are you thinking like Barak Zilfin is just the best right now?
1: I'm playing Barak Zilfin. And if I'm playing something else, it's a custom Skyport. I don't play any others. Because I, with the custom one, I don't have um, Force Artifact and Force Command right. So I can rank whatever. Because like even the Artifact in Barak Zilfin is not that good. And if there was not the movement in your face, I will just take something else. Take up an Artifact Force, nothing.
0: yeah I I think I I like the ability to to do the custom skyports purely because when you look at the amendments and the footnotes and the articles there's definitely ones that you want to have in your faction but if you go with uh, Barak Mornar or you know one of the other Mm -hmm. different ones you are kind of locked in yeah you can't choose and it's like well if it doesn't meet my needs then why not kind of build my own code and um and Raphael, we will go to the list. Absolutely. We'll actually go to two lists. We'll go to, um, sorry, we've got asked one. Definitely we'll talk about lists. One of the things that I want to talk about, and if you're new to the channel, one of the things that we try to do here is talk about the theory and understand the, the decisions before we get to the lists. Because I can grab a list and go, cool, I can run the list. But how do you make the most of it? How do you, what's the decision tree? And, you know, in a couple of months time, if the general's handbook increases or decreases the point in KO, well then, how there do no I restructure changed. my correct? So how do I how do I tweak it and understand the logic behind a list? And I think that's a really critical skill uh, and part of the channel. But definitely, we'll go through two lists. We've got one list at Grand Clash, the four and one list, and then one that you're playing around with um, at the moment. So we'll kind of get some understanding. Yep. Before we get to the rules, I have one other burning question, or two actually. What isn't KO good at? Like, if I'm going to play KO, what do I need to worry about? Or what are the things that I need to consider? Maybe trying to fill in those gaps. It's the most important thing is the arm, armor stacking. Like, you, you cannot, if someone
1: stacks one person, you need to go another way. You cannot stay on him because you're going to just waste all of your shot on this one and not even killing him. So that's the biggest weakness like, of all. And you don't have a lot of model too. So you need to kill the guys on the objective. Cause otherwise, like with the boat, you only got two points on the objective. The guys in it doesn't count. So you need to kill what was there and then take the objectives. So that can be tough. But with like the power, firepower that they have, they can do it. But if the enemies um, cannot let you on the nine on the objective. Like they stay on the tree, uh, circle on the objective. You cannot touch it, so you need to charge them to get the objective. So you need to, for you to shooting, to let some alive to be able to charge after. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of things like take in consideration. Like when shooting something that keep an objective,
0: you you don't want to overkill it because you need to charge to get it. Sometimes you do see people get trigger happy where they just want to delete the unit and then they realize, oh, I needed to charge or if I could just keep one or two models in, then I could go in, drop some bombs, do some things and then claim the objective. So it's a really good shout because you're right. You don't have the bodies. You're not going to play the objective game. You're not going to you know easily delete that hero on a two-up armor save or a three-up armor save. You've really got to make smart decisions. And again... You know, it comes back to just how you look at the game and not get too far ahead. Yeah. you need to
1: think of your every move. You cannot like just shoot it because you want it dead. You,
0: you want it dead, but you still want some of them alive
1: to make your move.
0: Yeah, yeah. What about what about the prime hunters and the predi- The the priority targets and the prime hunters. So KO at the moment is not um, yeah. either of them. So none of your units are listed as priority targets. So you're not giving away extra VP at the same time. You're not, you're not getting extra, extra VP. So uh, if, if people haven't seen it, um, if I kill something, let's say long strikes, for example, I can get an extra victory point for them. Um, but if I'm like gloom spike gets, then I get even more for being a, a prime, a primary hunter army. How is it played with KO? Because you're not a prime hunter and none of none of your things are giving away extras unless you obviously ally them in. Yeah, it's just some extra points because like
1: you're gonna go against an army that use uh, these units. And when you can kill them, it's gonna be extra points free because you cannot give any. So you just get more points. So it's, it's good for you. you. I'm happy with that. I, I thought like the ironclad was gonna be on this list because it was always taken by every current players. So I, I was sure it was going to be there, but no, no, they, they don't have any character on this list. It,
0: it seems to be more of the problematic units. Things, yeah. like, um, your Gargans, yeah, things mega, like your Mega Gargants. The Mega, the Meta unit. Like remember, yeah. Correct. You know, your Sentinels, your Bow Snakes, your Forminators, your Storm Drake Guard, Morathi. Those types of things are on the list. So if you happen to shoot them off and you, you remove them from the table, you're going to get extra victory points. And if they're reinforced, you get even more victory points. So... Um, has it changed any of your games have you noticed that those extra victory points have helped you swing from what could have been a loss you know a couple of months ago into a win i know because each of my game it's like I always like i smashed
1: it or i get smashed so it's not one or two points that's gonna change the games Um i never went to a game like with one point difference and it was the primary again so that determines it I, i am it's more points, but because uh, in in this tournament it was like it was what points. It was on uh, twenty points. It was not just like just a victory and a defeat. So you can finish like fifteen to five. So you can get more points with uh, the primary units, but it's still gonna be a win like either way. You just can get one more points out of the victories.
0: Yeah, and I think for anyone who doesn't quite know what um, what Locke's saying. Um you've got two different well you got two primary tournament systems there's yeah. a lot of different variations you if you go to a tournament it might be ranking like total victory points so the more victory points you claim the higher up you're going to kind of rank yourself especially you know when you're going like three wins four wins you know yeah. who who's at top who's at the bottom or you've got these other systems called 20 and 0. So basically, there's a differential. So depending on the points difference between you and your opponent, I might get 19, you get 1. Or if it's uh, if it's a, a much tighter game, it could be like 12 to 8. So whatever it is, the total. But it, 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 Grand Clash was the 20 and 0 system. So probably the differential probably well, might have even caught, brought you a little bit closer to the middle. But I guess I'm hearing with KO. Oh, I like, still got you. some good
1: points. Like I got... 220s and like a 164 so and it's two sixteen point, two two twenty zero, so it's not that bad but my defeat I still got 6 points from this so that's what's uh, bringing like I feel like this thing is good for that even when you when you lost you can still get some points if you lost 119 by like 2 points you still do some points you don't just like get 0 points so that's like what's good about this one
0: yeah yeah, I like it. I, I do like the system. There's a lot to work on, but yeah, I, yeah. I do like the system. It's,
1: it's hard to balance it, like the, the brackets points, but like when you get figured out, um, it gets got it gets closer match because uh, if you win 20-0, you won't go against someone that win, but 11-9. So you go out against another one that do 20 So,
0: Do you find with the um, last question, I, I want to bring up the rules and I want you to kind of give me some thinking behind the rules. But do you find with the primary hunter, so the priority targets and the primary hunters, let's just talk about priority targets because
1: yeah,
0: prime hunter is not for you. It's yeah. always not for you. you but, um, with the priority targets, do you notice that it changes who you shoot off the table? Or has it always been, I see dragons, I want to take them down. I see long strikes, I want to take them down. It depends on the target
1: because in the dragon, I'm... Not always shooting them if there is the long strikes because the long strike is like way easier to kill and it gives the same amount of points. So, like with one point, I get just got to kill three long bow, so like six wound four up plus. And for a dragon, I need to kill two dragon with nine wound three ups, so I, I will shoot the crossbow any day. So, it's really dependent on the target still,
0: the giving the points. So it's not like you're seeing a priority target on the table, and you get like victory point blood. And you're like, I've got to go kill right. it because I want the extra VPs. It's still about the decisions on the table. It's still about picking your battles, um, yeah. and if it happens to be the thing that you want to kill, cool, it's I good. get extra points. And yeah. Um, yeah, and it's easier to to screen from the
1: dragon than from the long strike. So because on the long swine, they just shoot at thirty inches. We cannot do anything about that. So I shoot them first and I'm trying after to
0: stay away from the dragon. How do you handle dragons, by the way? Because dragons have become very popular. I I mentioned um, I ran a GT literally like three weeks ago and there was a lot of dragons. People love the dragons, whether they're just allies and people run two in their cities, of Sigma or some type of other faction, or they're running, you know, they're running a whole army of dragons. How have you found that? That goes with KO. It's pretty odd. I went against a dragon army,
1: um, and I went. I win twenty go, but there was only four dragon and six crossbow. And he went for the first turn and he tried to charge my stuff, but I was screening, so he get like only two dragon on my ironclads, and he killed like my bone boys. So I, I killed one in melee, and he did not kill my clad. and he live like on eleven wounds. So, I, at my turn, I just heal him up. I kill the dragon and after I double turn, heal my boat, fly high and finish the rest of these armies. So I, it can be it's pretty hard because there's a lot of wounded with good save. But when if you can like put all of your army in it, I still feel you can kill four dragons in one go and KO. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they can really punish you, especially with, like, the Nitro conus and, you know, some of the yeah. abilities that allow them to, like, double shoot or, you know, be able to charge up the board and, like, get into your face really early. So, again, it kind of comes down to leveraging movement. I think those types of things you spread out your army, knowing that, you know, if they've got, like, a unit of four, they go one area, cool, That's I've still fair. got half my army on the other side. Yeah. I did not do that this one.
1: I just corner camp one of the corner. And I have my company um, behind, like, in front of my boat. So they have to shoot uh, the company to kill them and then charge on the on the boat after. So, like, I didn't take any mortal wounds. So I just take the melee attack of the dragon. That's why I, I still, I still away. And with my gun hauler, with my, the ward save, like, it's it, we, it's really helping, like, to stay packing with, like, all the boats because it gives ward save when you are... Three inches from each other from the gut owner so screening is very important for camera drum because if i i've got it by like the shooting like it was, it was finished i cannot resist like that much new
0: yeah and what's cool about ko's as well is the fact that look screening is important for everybody everyone and i think that's probably one thing that people forgot about in third edition yeah. they're like i'm going to put all of my points into the, the elite bodies and then when Ein Jaws comes along and charges you in the face, okay. you've got nothing to absorb. It's always the good stuff that takes the damage. Yeah. But when I screen with a, any other faction, I've got to make real movement decisions. If I put my stuff at the back of the board to make your charge harder, you it now it makes either. it hard. Yeah. Well, it's harder for me to now get up the board and it's harder for me to go score objectives. But again, because of KO and the ability you to teleport, fly so high. It's and right. move. Exactly. I take all of my
1: armies and like I only let, let like the two screen I have behind they're running from the objective and all the other stuff fly high go where high i want, it. want and like it's yeah. like i can do another turn for the adversary in the first turn. Like
0: if it's yeah, too far f- away you just won't do anything you've got some really good tools and again i keep talking about you know it it, it does take you as a ko player to really think about your army and it's going to take a, a steep learning curve for some people in order to get the hang of it because it's all about those micro decisions that you're making through the game and picking up a list, especially a KO list, it doesn't really start making sense until you've really played it properly because I look at this and go, well, I've only got X amount of bodies. I don't score a lot of objectives. I don't have a lot of rend. How on earth do I win? But that kind of leads me to some of the abilities, right? Which is obviously your Aether Gold and I'll talk about your Aether Gold in a minute. And I want to know how you use Aether Gold. But in the last month or so, there was a White Dwarf update to um, Carriage Overlords. KO got a grand strategy. You got three new battle tactics and two new battalions. So as a KO player, let's start at the top. The grand strategy. So you got one new grand strategy to choose from. Um, When the battle ends, you complete the grand strategy. If no unit in your army has a share of Aether Gold that has not been spent, and at least one share of Aether Gold has been spent by friendly units every battle round. What's your thoughts? I'm, I'm never gonna
1: take that one because, like, there's other grand strategy way easier to do. I'm always picking all the line because with my army, I got my frigates in the battle line. So it's pretty hard to take this one down. And with the grand strategy that they got, um, you can only share, spend Aether Gold one per phase. So, like, you cannot do um, all of them in the first turn. So, it's hard to, like, spend all of them for the game. Like So, uh, I don't think it's a great strategy to take. Like. But it's, it's hard to play compared to some basic one, that a common one that everyone can take. So, I'm just going to take the common one. It's easier to make. So.
0: What if What if in the Next General's Handbook there isn't as easy? Like, Hold the Line is probably the easiest one yeah. to have and everybody default everyone defaults to hold the line yeah. um what if it's gone let's say it's gone and um the the battle tactics next year are, are much harder would you obviously it's hard to say what you would take when we don't know what the new grand strategies yeah. will be but but if you did this how likely would it be to score that grand strategy or did you would you need to fundamentally retweak your list where you get less eighth of gold or um the way you use ether gold would fundamentally change. I think the way we need to spend the gold need to change because um
1: the fact that you can, you're locked to so using one ether gold per phase is pretty hard. Like when you compare it to Luminette that they can use multiple on the same phase. Like, why cannot I do the same? And hmm. even the ether gold, like it's, I I just couldn't do triumph on them. Like. It's not like before where I can do plus one to hit, plus one to boom, plus one to save. Now it's just a triumph. So it's lucky from a lot of things because only, I'm only using plus one to wound like most of the time. Um, Sometime on my hero with like a new book, like I got some new one, but after that, like um, I think it's rerolling charge with another gold, like it's not, I have a lot of CPs anyway, so I can just take that one instead. And yeah. I think they need to change the way this, like, Etergold goal, uh, works. Because even, like, if you take Balloon, for having an goal you need to be 10 in your unit or be a, a boat. But, mm-hmm. like, for now, you cannot just take 9 Balloon. So they're never yeah, going to be able you... to get Etergold.
0: Yeah, and in front of for anyone who doesn't know what we're quite talking about here, um, if you're making your balloon boys, your Sky Wardens or your um Endrin Riggers, yeah. Endrin riggers battle line, you can reinforce them twice and they go up in units of three. So three, three so, six, nine. So you can't get eight you can't you can't get them to twelve like you used to in the in the previous edition. So mm-hmm. that that kind of sucks a little. Yeah. So I think they need to, to change something about their killer goal. Like just something that make more sense before i get to battle tactics gator AOS has asked a question i wouldn't mind bringing up is carriage overlords a complicated army for a new player in aos
1: i think it's i think it's hard but if you can learn fast what the other army is doing you can't just think and play that one because like i was like i said like Karajan, you need to know what the other army is doing and what character do it and you need to slide them down. If you know that, even if you're starting, like you're gonna be fine with Caradon. You still not be like full potential, like for the movement and this, but you get like most of it right. So I think it's got, it's an army, but you can try it, and if if you can learn rapidly, you're gonna be fine with it
0: my advice would and look if you if you're new to Age of Sigmar and this is the army you love absolutely run it i don't want to stop you from buying models you do you it's a great army um especially if you love this kind of um this kind of aesthetic if uh, i was making a personal recommendation i'd probably say ko is maybe your second army pick up an yeah. army buy a, a start collecting box or one of the, like the eighth, you know one of the you know, soul wars or dominion or some type of like generic uh, faction start first, um, learn the fundamentals of the game and then pick up ko. So that would probably be my and it's not nothing about specific about ko, it there's just a lot of nuance and yeah. that probably makes it a little bit harder for the newer player because you'll lose and you won't know why you lost, and it's hard to then kind of like improve because you're like, what did I do? It's all about those little decisions you make.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Like anything as a anything second army. Add? As a second army, like you need to like learn the the normal victory, and then you got to add a bunch of new rules just for kill. So like starting with like another army, like yeah, an easier one, like then then after you can add it, and you have more knowledge on the game, so it's gonna be easier to, to do
0: it. So. Speaking of easier, what about these battle tactics? They look much easier than the grand strategy. So you've got three battle tactics. You've got a uh, bombing run, which pick one enemy unit. You complete it if the unit is destroyed by the bomb racks ability, uh, which is obviously tied to your boats. You've got the mobilizing of the fleet. So uh, you cannot pick this battle tactic in the first battle round. Interesting that it's restricted, but you pick three friendly units on the table. You complete it if they are all garrisoned within a sky vessel. Uh, and then finally, you got boots on the ground. So pick three units in a garrison of a Sky Vessel, uh, and you complete it if those are all on the battlefield and wholly within enemy territory. So are they all achievable? Do you use them all? Um, I use what are only, your thoughts on the battle tactics?
1: I only used two of them. I never used the first one because the bomb rack only did D three mortal wounds. So to kill someone with that, like, spread pretty hard. You need, like, we can the unit to, like, one model and then use the rack. So I never use that. It's way too hard to use it. But the two other ones, I always use them because they're very, very easy to do as a KO. Um, I always use the mobilize the fleet, first. So, like, I have four heroes on my boat. So, like, I always get my tree. So, I take my boat, put it in the territories. I cannot do it in the first turn, but like a second turn. If I don't have my boat, like, I'm game over, so... I most of the time, I still have my ironclads. I do this one. And then next turn, I can just take the unit in and disembark them. So that's two very easy battle tactics to make.
0: So and on now, average, mobilize the fleet would be like a turn two. Yeah, and that's it. boots on the ground, turn three. Or when you need to, like, you can...
1: If you think you're winning,
0: you can, like,
1: keep it, like, as the last one because you don't need any uh, adversary, like, to make it. Like you can have, like, table and then do this one. So most of the time, like, first turn, I do um, Savage Spirit to bring my unit in the adversary territories, then mobilize the fleet, and then I can do Broken Ranks, uh,
0: Conquest, or
1: something like that, like, pretty easy one, and I'm finishing with Boots of the Ground. Christ.
0: yeah good 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 call out by the way on the bombing run because it sounds achievable but then you've got a lot of um randomization on the bomb rack so if you find yourself in a position and you do find like if there's one model in a unit um and it's low risk yeah you might pull that down but if you've got multi-wound or you know even like you're, you're at risk obviously of a redeploy so yeah. Like, and it, even it, it, if they're one model, you can still uh,
1: miss the the bomb rock. Because like on an iron it's yes, no? it's two up, but on a dollar it's four up. So it's weirder to miss it. Like one chance of the two. So to make a tactic like a fifty percent chance to make it, I just don't hate. try it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: If you find yourself in a good position and you got like an ironclad, as you said, and it's low risk. Yeah. yeah. I mean like that. And there's like yeah. one model. It's But
1: it's at the start of the hero. So that's the thing. Like he, most of the time, there won't be one unit alone at the start of the hero phase. So you need to shoot at him and pray that he will stay one model. So like, it's not a lot of thing to take in consideration.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that last part. You've got to hope that they stay one model. Because yep. if you pick that against me, and I've got one model um, on a you know, an objective, or anyway, it's like I knew, like right, I'm going to pull this down with the uh, a charging bomb rack. That is a prime candidate for me to go rally. As yep. long as it's not in combat, I'm going to rally that, and I'm going to bring it back, which then can be an easy deny. So yep. keep that one in mind. It's it's a very odd one to make. So uh, most of the time, I just don't use it. they one way more easy to make. What about the two new battalions? You have got two ba- match play battalions. People seem to get confused sometimes of are these match play legal? Yes, they are. So you can run them at tournaments. Um and they don't get FAQ'd, so don't you don't have to wait for, you know, GW to FAQ them. They are use them now. Um so you got two of them, you got the Sky Iron Attack Squadron and then the Gun stro- Gunstock uh Escort Wing. So very bo- uh, boat heavy. Um obviously two of them so what's that the second one is the what? first one is two frigates,
1: and the second one is two gunner um I'm not using them because I just don't play two of those boats I just play one of these which so and the buttons they give like I prefer to have my warlords and a battle regiment, and this one and I have to take another boat and the boat are not doing that much damage like the frigates, it got a lot but it's mostly for transporting things more than like shooting, so I'm just don't using. Yeah, I'm just not
0: using them uh, at all. Uh, yeah. no, that's cool, and 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 we'll get. I'm gonna to get to your list literally in the next five minutes. I'm just gonna stop teasing the teasing the chat, we'll get to your list. And it's a nice segue. But before we get there, Aether Gold, we can't we can't move off it uh, before acknowledging our our primary resource. How do you use Aether Gold? When do you use Aether Gold? Um, what are the types of units that you want to use Aether Gold on? Um, with the leash I'm running
1: now, I'm mostly using it on like the first one when my Ironclads, when I need to kill something like it, I'm gonna use plus one to wounds. Um, and i of attack on him, so it's twos and twos. If the, the, the target is flying, I can roll in one to it. So like, it's pretty like, you're gonna kill what you have. Is, but if there's a lot of save like, you won't, but most of the time, like, you do a lot of damage with this one. And then after, I'm going to use it, like, on my Thunderers, like, like my second big units, because uh, I'm going to use them plus one to wound two. And if uh, there's still the match going, I have my one with my Chemist that re-rolling ones to wound two. So, and that's the most I use them. Because the other one, like, it's not that useful. Maybe with the rigors, when the boat gets killed, can they, like, make an explosion? But it's like, you don't want your eggplant to die. So (sighs) I'm not using that a lot. It's mostly plus one to wounds, I'm using.
0: Yeah, like, traditionally, even before it changed to the triumph, it was always about getting the most out of your shooting and consistency from your shooting as opposed to... I mean, there's some nice reliability, but yeah. Before I was playing with plus one save, though. Because to make sure the boat stay alive, yeah,
1: I never used plus one to one because I already have enough damage. Um, when there was not a lot of saves, so I don't need plus one to one, and I use it defensively to keep my boat alive. But now I don't have these possibilities, so maybe I will just use it to plus one to one.
0: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop teasing the chat, and I'm gonna bring up your uh grand clash list. So this is the list that you went 4-1 on um, recently. I think it was in April, Grand Clash, 110-odd players. Yep. Went 4-1, came eighth out of the 110-odd players. I think it was like 114 in the end. Yep. Like 116, yeah, 116, 100, whew, big event. Big event, especially in this COVID kind of world we're living in. But you have gone Barrick Zilfen. So people listening to the podcast, you may not be able to see this, but you've got Barrick Zilfen. You've gone the Aether Chemist, which is the general with the command trait collector the artifact spell in the bottle, which is obviously the title of the show. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Christina Aguilera. Uh, I thought I'd throw that one in. You've got a, you've got the navigator with a, um, a flare pistol. pistol. You've got a, yep, yeah, you've got the app. You've got a, a an admiral, ad, uh, admiral um, with the staff of binocular optimization. You've also got the endrin master. What's the endrin? Is that is it? Is that the, one on the Masters. Yeah, uh, yes, it's one the top, Yeah, for a minute, I'm like, What the hell is an engine harness? harnessed like, <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah, they got
1: difficult blame, Yeah,
0: you've then got your two units of Arcanaut companies, and you've got your Sky your Sky Hook, and your Volley Guns. Um, you've gone your frigate, you've got yourself a unit of three engine riggers, a gun stock gun holer. You've got yourself some Thunderers, and then you've also got an Ironclad with the Warp Lightning Vortex. So uh for anyone who's picking up KO and you're wondering how on earth do you get, get the warp lightning vortex? Um the artifact spell in the bottle allows you to pick an endless spell. Uh obviously you've got to pay for it, but you've got to pick any endless spell in Age of Sigma. So um you've gone and chose the um yep. Skaven, the Skaven one. Although who knows what the new Skaven uh battle time assuming there's yep. one coming. Maybe it'll uh how that will change
1: yeah we'll see them but the the vortex is like a big part of this army um it's less strong than before like you can you need to put it one inches away from everyone around it so it's harder to place down but instead of like placing down in the army of the adversary, i'm trying now to block the army so i'm going yeah. two vortex on the line and one other there so um it's. It means that they cannot spawn, they cannot fly others, and it still take mortal wounds. And most of the time, like they don't want to go in the vortex. So I can like go on the side, put the vortex there, and then it will create a barrier between me and the other armies.
0: Before I get you to explain the list, you've got uh, uh, Battle Regiment and Warlord, so you've got two battalions with an extra artifact. Um, List comes in at 1980, your five drops, and this one is 110 wounds, which is actually quite a decent amount of wounds for a KO army. Um, Talk to me about this list. What are you trying to achieve? Um, Who are the opponents you're most worried about when you go to Grand Clash? Like what are you trying to build to kind of counter? And how does it all work like what's the synergies and how does this all kind of tie together and and create this again this four and one rule so like like i said the vortex is like my
1: main defensive abilities in my army so like i fly high with my ironclad you got like all four heroes in the ironclads and i put my the thunderers in the frigates sometime i put my company in my ironclads too but most of the time they're just there to screen first turn to um like they just, I'm go in the corner, put my that uh, my uh, my company be like out of them, just like don't get hit by anything. First turn I run my company to the objectives, and I take all the thing because um yeah, four was on the boat and the balloon boys go with the boat. Um, I go in a hero phase so I can put them my vortex that protects me, and then I I can just put my bow lie and behind the vertexes, away from the vertex. And like now I shoot at the enemy. I'm tra- like, trying like training to shoot like the important targets. And when I need to kill like a big unit, I'm using like the flare pistol on the navigator. What that does, when I get a hit with the navigators, I can re its hits of all of my armies on the guys. So when I need to kill someone like very important. I that that. all reruns uh, to it. And I am just load all shooting at them. And with the new Admiral now, I can now um, put minus one round uh, on the Thunder, so they go up to minus two. Or when I go up against a guo or something with a good ward save, I'm just taking a dial out, and it's less dice that the opponent can to save his army. So. That's my battle plan. And most of the time I go second and to be able to maybe get a double turn. And when I got a double turn, like I just clean up the rest.
0: Most of the time it's finished by the. And for anyone who hasn't looked at, um, and I, I want to get back to your list, you know, in a minute, I'll let you have a sip of drink, but you are Barak Zilfin, which gives you a whole bunch of things. One being, um, so that artifact specifically the, the stuff. Um that is a Barak Zilfen artifact. Uh, and you've obviously gone Warlord to get the extra artifact, which is how you got Spell in the Bottle. Um uh, You've got a in code as well, which um allows you to... It actually specifically gives you the article, the amendment, and the footnote, so it's kind of defined. Sorry, what you going to say something?
1: Yeah, and I with my chemist, like General, I got collectors to get a
0: third artifact. That's why I can get three with just one Warlord. Ah, so that's coming through from the collector command trait. Yep, so why exactly. why that command trait, not another command trait? Because it gives one more artifact, and I can like then take the
1: spell of the bottle and the flare gun, because otherwise I just take the spell of the bottle and the staff. The staff is just plus one to it on one profile of this gun, so not that good. So with three artifacts, I can take the flare gun and then gun what I want to get.
0: And one of the cool things as well that you've done is you've avoided. So, um, Barrack Zilfen has a command trait specifically locked to the faction. A lot of the older books had that, but you've got to work around here because the command trait is only locked if your general, yes, is a if your general is an admiral.
1: Yeah. So I just and it's not that good. It's it's okay. It's like when I spend a CP on a five up, I can get a new one, but. I just, I already have a lot of CP, so I don't need any more. So yeah. I just will take it. And I prefer collector to that, three artifacts.
0: Question from the chat was, um, why did you choose the um, the Endron Harness and not, uh, like, let's say a second Navigator? What was some of the thinking there between that choice?
1: Um, the Endron Master
0: can heal three wounds
1: on the own clads. So, like, per turn, it's healing four wounds with this one and the base ability of the ironic lads. So, um, most of the time I can, like, get away from, like, if I'm an eight wound taken, I cannot fly high. So, with four wounds, I I go up to four and then I can fly high. So, I'm mostly taking him for the healing. And in close combat, he do mortal wound on six to it. He do D2 mortal wounds. And he's hitting a... Okay in, in close combat, so... Even if I have a mostly shooting army, if there is like a one hero with a couple wound left, I can charge him with my ironclads with all of my hero and most of the time I am just killing this one hero that I left like with a couple of wound left. How do
0: you how do you use the garrisoning with your troops? Like are you tying your engine riggers against a particular boat? Um, where are your Arcanaut company going? Uh, and your Thunderers, like what's the What's the combinations you're putting here and why why are you doing it the way that you do it so my riggers go
1: with my um, ironclads. so if it gets wounded you can like heal them because and uh, they get an ability on a four up all model and uh, on the four up they just heal one wound for their bouts. so they're just more healing for him the gondola mostly go with the ironclads to give him um six plus ward save um both of my company mostly stay on the ground to screen for the first turn. And then with Baroxylphon, I'm always running in six. So they just run to the objective. So it's ten inches. And I in the deployment I make sure that at least one model is within 10 of the objective to get it with one model. And my thunderers are all of my frigates. So I got two threads. I got the Ironclad with all the hero and the thunderers with the frigates. So I can go to two sides and they have to choose one to go to.
0: And by the way, just to call out one of the amendments, so you mentioned um, that your run rolls are always six. That's not a command point. That no, is no, no. don't argue with the wins, which it's is... all of uh, my armies always running six, and
1: I got uh, rolling ones to it if my boat shoot uh, flying targets.
0: So where do you spend your command points then? So if you don't have to spend them on, let's say... The, the run roll or the you know where do you find you're spending most of them
1: i'm mostly using a lot of attack at my iron and i can use uh, unleash shell too a lot of defense and when i can i can use the, the redeployment to like make an harder charge for the enemy like if you move up to like eight inches from the boat then i redeploy to like it's a very hard charge to make or it just won't be able to but I never deploy when, when he's at three inches away. So I prefer then to just only shell at all and stay in combat because I can just fly
0: next turn. So how does this list win? Like if, I, if I'm if i looking at this going, how on earth does it work? And, you know, intellectually, I understand I've got a bunch of boats, I've got a bunch of troops, I'm going to move them around the board, I'm going to shoot some things. They're either going to work in power pairs and like pull something important down or spread across the board and kind of take on objectives or, you know, try to harass a particular people. But is there any units here that are critical to your success or um, are there things that... Um, maybe people don't appreciate that maybe is giving you like you know rural MVP type activity when you actually put them on the table? The chemist with the
1: spell in the bottle because when you use a spell you cannot do anything to dispel it. It just goes. So if you want to beat a Caradron and you got one guy to kill, I'd say this one is the one. Because it killing me the chemist with the vortex. So I cannot use them. And it's a big part of my DPS and defensive abilities. So that's a
0: pretty important one. And my ironclad.
1: Yeah, what were you
0: saying? No, no, keep, keep, talk, talk, talk about your ironclad. I just want to ask you something. I almost want to counter or challenge what you said around the artifact. I've just got a question about it. But tell me more about the ironclad. Yeah, so the ironclad, like the fact that it can move in hero phase and
1: then move um, in the movement phase. It makes like, screening very hard, because I can go up to three inches from your screen, and then I'm shooting at 12 inches. So most of the deployment are 12-inch uh, wide uh, deployment. So like it's very hard to like screen totally all
0: of your, your important stuff. And I imagine it doesn't mean you have to, re- you, you don't have to fly high with it, because you've no, got so you, much you can movement. fly high
1: in hero phase, and then you can just no more move. Of like, course. Do move uh, closer, yeah.
0: So what I wanted to ask you about was the spell in the bottle, because you mentioned it was obviously a a really good ability. You're obviously paying a lot of points for the spell in the bottle, 90 points plus an artifact choice to get it right. But there's a lot more unbinding and dispelling in the game right now. Yes, when you want to put it on the table, I can't do anything about it. It's automatically cast. But once it's on the table, there is so many like heroic actions to make a a, a non-wizard be able to unbind. There are probably a fair amount of powerful wizards in the game right now. Aren't you just paying for like a one, one shot endless spell? Because if I remove it, then you can't put it back on the table. No, I can But it's a nine
1: to dispel. So like if you don't have a powerful wizard, like a normal one, it's pretty hard to dispel them. But like if you got like a tech list or something like that, it's just a one one use thing. But if I can double the turn, I get three use of it because it's... Hero phase, movement, and then movement. So it hmm. can still be treated to mortal wounds to multiple units. So even if it's a one-time thing, one time thing, it's still enough damage. And most of the game, it just stays there because it's hard to dispel and they're missing it.
0: And that was going to be one of the things I was going to lead to, is the fact that because uh, the Warp Lightning Vortex is hard to cast, which makes it hard to unbind, that makes it a good choice compared to maybe yeah. an endless spell that has a casting value of four or six, where it is easy to unbind. So um, you're getting more value and you're probably pulling away resources because your opponent is trying to dispel it. So that's taking, cast. Cast. that's taking up a cast, that's taking up a heroic action just to try to get rid of it. That is very unlikely unless you get some good bonuses. Yeah. So that's why I take this one because
1: um, there's the, the comet from the stormcast. It's, Similar to the vertex, like it deals area damage, but I think it's like on a six to cast, so it's only seven to dispel. It's way easier. So, with the vertex and nine to dispel, if you don't got any bonus, like most likely you will not dispel it. So that's why.
0: And I, you know, I was just gonna say, those wizards that have a bonus normally have some critical spells that they want to cast anyway. So, again, you're sacrificing um, one of your casts to get rid of it.
1: Yes, most of the time they just go around it. But like that's why I place it strategically. When I place it, I like place it on an objective. But I I let me a space to go on my side on the objective and block all of the other side for the adversary. So he cannot go on objective unless he take damage. But I will be fine on my side. The objective. That's like why I use.
0: Is there any other artif- uh, endless spells that you would consider or do you think just Warp Lightning Vortex for KO is just leaps and bounds in front of um, the other options? Like I know back in the year old day, there was like, you know, Bullfire Taurus. People used to love the ability to fight last. And, you know, there was there's a whole bunch of endless spells people would pull from factions. You know, the Blood Snake from Morath from the Daughters of Cain is, is a good one. Um, it's a lot of good endless spells.
1: Yeah, but I'm thinking for now it's still the vortex is like I think the best one because it it a lot of targets, it make them ru- not can be able to run, not fly either. So it does damage and it like make the guys like you cannot go in there. Like if he yeah. if he knew it can run and charge, he cannot run. So and most of the time they don't have a, like an eye movement. Um, so like Beast of Chaos for, for example they move four inches plus they run and then they charge but with the vortex they don't only go four inches i'm fine like where i'm at like i just stay way over them they won't get to me
0: yeah you're you're playing this as a defensive tool as much as an offensive tool it's not like you're looking for the most yep. amount of damage right. uh but you're being able to create this no-fly zone essentially where you if you're going to go in here you're going to reduce your movement, get some damage, and yeah. it's going to be hard to stay on. And especially if you drop it on an objective, it's a good call out. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would mention about this particular list? I don't think so. like
1: just stay together with the boat um, for the word saves. And the important thing is like it's in the deployment. Most of the time, I'm just corner camping. I put two companies ahead of my guys. And so, like, I, the first turn of the adversary, he's just, just going to put his unit on the objective and he's not doing any damage to me. So
0: then, by turn, I pick one side. I should go from this one. So, when you say corner camping for someone who maybe doesn't know that language, what does that mean and how do you do it? Okay. So,
1: corner camping, like, I go. If the map is there, you got your deployment there, and there too. I go for like this way, if the enemy is there. So it's a long distance to go for taking my guys on. Um, and I just put my boat like in the corner, corner of the table and the company just out of them like this, too, and the boat there. So like he cannot go to the boat unless he passed through my company first. So that's what I mean, by corner campaign is.
0: And you use both of the corners in your deployment zone? Assuming like the back. on the
1: armies. Like, I got five drops. So a lot of time, like, a big army have, like, one or two drops. So they drop it, and I take the corner farthest away from the army. So I just don't have anything to worry about if they let me, yeah, they, if they want to play first.
0: Obviously, assuming the battle plan and, you know, all of that type yeah. of stuff, but on average, um, that's good. No, I appreciate it because, again, most people would do traditionally like deploy on the on the, the middle of the board. They create a little bubble. They might deploy on the line. Um, corner camping and, you know, putting them in the corner, especially because you've got the hive movement, really does allow you to play the board in an army that ha- doesn't have to worry about the movement phase. Yeah. Um, but if I did it with My Cities of sigma, it's like, Uh, the trek to Mordor to try to get myself back on. They won't do
1: anything Yeah,
0: It'll take me years to get onto an objective. So uh, it's great to kind of, especially if your opponent can like turn one, charge you or, you know, has really high, high movement or threat ranges. Yeah. Iron Jaws, perfect example. Beast Claw Raiders can do it. There's a whole bunch of factions that can be quite fast. Or you want to kind of um, avoid like long strikes or, or, or bow snakes, you know, they've only got like a 24 inch threat range or, you know, if you, pop your models in the corner and and they're a one drop because they want to dictate who goes first. Well, you know where you can go to avoid those types of threats. Quick questions from the chat and then I'll move to the second list. Raphael, two questions. Um, Would you normally play the Thunderers inside the Frigate? And then the second part of the question is, and would you normally play the Company in Ironclads? And then when you make the move in the Hero Phase, drop them close to the enemy
1: yeah so for the thunderers i i they are inside the frigates because um, it make a protection for them like they on one save and minus one to it so and they can go with the rest of my armies and for the the company depends very really on the army i have in front of me if they can make it first turn uh charge me i put both company on the ground to screen me for with two units but if, like, it's um, an army that like won't make it, like a Nurgle one, I'm gonna take the company in the boat. I'm gonna drop in phase, a new phase, and then uh, movement. I just uh, screen again with my company so they cannot ch- charge the boat. So like that. That's what I do. It always depends on the deployment. Depend on what the other ones playing. You need to sure. take that in consideration always.
0: Yeah. And think about the threats. Think about, I think that's what, what I'm hearing, right? Is like, what can you do if you, if you're going to take for priority, let's say, you know, um, I'm a one drop, you're a five drops, then, you know, do you want to go first? Do you want to go second? Are there key spells that you want to get, get off or shooting targets? And what do you, what does my opponent want to do? And he's kind of goes back to what Loic said very early on is, you know, understanding KO. A lot of it is understanding what your opponent does and what the linchpins are and what my opponent wants to do. In order for me to counter respond to them. So if they want to charge me early, or if they want to give away first turn so I move up the board and then more of my armies in range for, for shooting or magic or combat, then then I can play that to my strengths and my micro decisions on the table of where I move, where I redeploy, what I put into my boats, and maybe what pro- what, what objectives I prioritize. Yep.
1: I'm I never take all objectives first turn, because um you're spreading out too much and uh, most of the time when there's three objective it's like most of the time it's one point for one two and then more so i never take the three of them i just take two i put one guy on one and all of them are army on, the, on the one so if you want to come at me he gonna, he's gonna take a on the shell from my own clads because i'm gonna stay uh, six inches from each one it's figuring it's my army so He's gonna to have to charge the guy the, the screen first, and he's gonna still get shot by the ironclads.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's one really good call out, and I'll get to your second list in a minute. Is just the fact that KO should not split up. Yeah. like you and not not until like later in the game. Like come yeah. turn three, turn four, when you've got control of the board, yeah, then go split out and go 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 objective hunting and character hunting and things, and but. In those first couple of turns, you really want to concentrate your shooting and your, your power projection to just pull down those key threats and then you can start playing off the board control. That's...
1: Yeah. Because you won't win the by yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't have a lot of guys. So if I put like one boat in the corner, it's only two models. So it won't take an objective from five normal guys. So I just don't do it. I stay on one and put a little bit of pressure on, on a second one
0: yeah yeah it's just like take it down move along take it down move along but this is your second list this is something that you've kind of started practicing with this is yeah. almost some, some thinking um post clash and yeah, um, i never some played p-
1: this one yet but like in the clash i went against a uh, cranknose and uh, dragon and it's it was hard to go through them i like i need the second the i turn to take them down so i'm gonna try with this one and there's a lot more of Balloon Boys and they got uh Drill Cannons which is one shot with minus three run D3 damage. So like that's comparison thing for like my no run of all my armies. In this one I got seven shots of the Drill Cannon. Uh, and with the admirals I can um, upgrade my pack of nine with another plus one uh, to run. So I can go three shot minus four and 18 shots from their Volley Guns minus two. So I feel like I'm going to get less presence on the board, but I can shoot more, and I can bring them, um, almost all of them, except for the pack of nine Skywarden, I can bring them with the boat. So, and the pack of Skywarden just stay behind and put pressure from 24 in, shall we? That's the thing. Because I can get seven people from each boat uh, when I fly high. So that's pretty much all of my balloons. Can those nine
0: Skywardens... Uh, hitch a ride with the ironclad, or no, they cannot. Um,
1: I can just take seven, uh, maximum. So they need to be, but they go twelve inches, and they can shoot at twenty-four. So they got a thirty-six inch uh, threat range. So it's still pretty good. Like they can shoot anything they want. Hmm.
0: So you mentioned that you've got less board presence because you're right. There's no thunderers. There's no um. There's no just generic chaff here you've gone much more elite with your engine riggers and your sky wardens so what made the trade so yes you know cracknos dragons there's a few things that maybe you need a bit more power projection a few more rend those types of things but you've you trade off the um the bodies and the screens especially you've got no you've got no screen
1: is the skyward on the screen the three one because i can get it one inch from each other so it's almost uh, as much distance as 10 companies online and it's just five one points, so it's a, it's it's not a good screen, and they can shoot from twenty four inches away and move twelve inches. So like when I got my company and I need to go to the objective, I need to run with them so I cannot shoot. With this one, I can go further and then shoot still with the guys. So I think it will be best, but I will have less model to contest objective. So I need to kill what on the objective to get it first. Like I cannot bring so- ten people on it.
0: Yeah, you you definitely don't have those ten bodies to put on the objectives, and your sky wardens and your ender riggers aren't counting as anything extra. I mean, they got two wounds each, but they're only counting as one model yeah. on the objective. So, again, it goes back to you need to shoot things off and get it off quickly in order to claim objectives.
1: Yeah, but they got a l- lot more mobility with all this one. Um, they can all they can ride on the boat, so I-, I can move around like way easier with this one. I feel like, um. So I'm gonna test this one. I never tested, so I don't know if it's a good one. But, <laughs> but what
0: you're <laughs> bu- what you're building what you're building here, Loic, is you're going for better movement. Um, yep. you've got a bit more flexibility because you're not so reliant on the boats. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting higher damage output potentially, yep. especially like higher rend. Yeah. But uh, you're trading off bodies. You're trading off. Yeah, you—that's you,
1: what you're trading yeah. off. And wounds. I got, I think, sixteen less wound than the other one. Yeah. But like in my games, I never like need ten guys to take an objective from someone else. I always kill them, so I don't need that much. So it's just that it's gonna be easier for him to take it back. But that's not too bad. Like I can live with that if I kill what's thereafter. So that's why I do what
0: i do wonder if with night coming and um the popularity of these one wound um ignoring rend type models if maybe you will still need to have some type of um 10 troop type of you know thunderers or something something like that i, I don't know like I, I guess you know we don't know we're not going to know like we don't yeah. know one like night looking really good but will they be popular will people want to yeah, play that's it because they're
1: not so, going to be all night on anyway and still, they, with the Drain trend, can do Mortal Wounds too, so... Even if they're not the range is not useful, on a 6-up, it's 3 Mortal Wounds still. And it deal, uh, 9 Skywarden deals as much damage than the Thunderers. And I'd say more damage, and it's pretty much the same price. Skywarden is 3,015, and the Thunderers is 2,70. But, like, they do... Um, the Thunderers is 22 shots threes and fours minus one and they are 20, uh, 18 fours and fours plus three plus six dollar little pistol so it's more shot but they're not on the boat so they they're um, weaker uh, and they're gonna be if i go i balance uh, a shooting list i feel like it's gonna be harder with this one because they all have plus well, one save from cover and um, minus one to it
0: what about the dirigible suit you've got your engine master with dir- that's that's one difference right you had the harness yep. before now we've got the dirigible what's the switch why the switch and what does the dirigible suit bring that you didn't have in the in the last list um it makes the balloon boys as a nine so if i want
1: to get a list full of balloon boys i need them in my list um he's pretty good with like, but I need to make him my general. So, I'm losing a collector on my chemist. So, I only have two artifacts. And on this one, I'm losing the flare gun. So, that's like what I'm going to see if uh, the flare gun can be like uh, take out and I still can do good. But with the Android Master, he got Grudge Bearers and I can uh, choose one hero and deal double damage with this one. And um, so it has got to be able to kill, like, one hero at turn one. One hero that I don't, don't want to stay alive and he's just going to delete him.
0: Which is kind of where, where, where we're at right now. We're focused on killing heroes, killing monsters, <laughs> killing high wound, high armor saved, uh, ward saved, you know, very concentrated power. And again, I keep bringing up the, the upcoming General's Handbook because you may be listening to this three months from from recording time, and we are in a much more battle line focused you know, less, less armor saved, less hero hammer, maybe more of those five wound heroes running on the on the, on the the board as opposed to those 10 plus wound um, heroes. And who knows what's coming, what type of incentives, what type of things are going to come in the realms. And, you know, I'm excited, especially I think it may play a bit more into KO strengths that maybe at least the first six months has really been an anti-KO anti, anti meta it's been really tough for you. So again, kudos for going uh, top 10 at a 116 odd player event. Thank you. Yeah. It's, we are the way, the saves taking. So I hope
1: it kind of goes away because even though i f- it's cool like to resist the correct run. Like I feel like when you go against a curtain like in V2 and you got an uh, army squashed like first turn, it's like it's very bad. But like now it's like the other way on like i cannot do thing against circular armies and it's very hard like to make a, a game work against some
0: matchups ha- Is there any allies that you would consider bringing in um because one of your allies is fire slayers right and yeah. um fire Slayers have gotten some and i think probably one one other weakness we didn't talk about is the fact that you're not very good in combat you're no. not a very good close combat army and like i know when i try to build a few endron masters endron riggers sorry in my because i was i was bringing in some some of the cities of sigma and i played tempest die which means one in every four can be ko um i was trying to build out a couple of like you know combatty type endron riggers that would drop from the the gun hauler shoot shoot then charge but i was just really underwhelmed with the combat uh, output yeah. of ko it's would good. you bring in fire slayers would you bring in some some long strikes or some type of other because what do you got dispossessed fire slayers iron willed Stomach.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um I already try with Got um to like have a good a uh, good personage to see why I... he's in the middle, so I I try him. But the thing is like he's so slow compared to the rest of my armies. Like all of my army can go from a corner to another and he's going like slowly to the middle. And it takes like a quarter of hour of my army that I not shooting in the first couple of turns. And that difference makes it like it's way less pressure on the enemy. And I don't keep in a lot. So I, it will be the same for Fire Slayers. Like they're not moving fast, so even if they're tanking, they're not going to follow the rest of my armies. The one unit I could take uh, would be Dragons, but I don't want to do them because everyone has them, and like I don't
0: want to play that. I was going to ask you about that because I have seen a few KO lists recently where they have been running yeah. the Storm Drake Guard yeah. the two dragons because they have the speed, they've got the mortal wounds that you do, you know you're lacking a little bit, they've got some high-rend combat. And they're talking um, a lot yeah. But they they complement you so well.
1: Yeah, but I just don't like to play with this I not like right now. Maybe one day get nerfed I'll try them but like I just don't want to have this unit in my armies.
0: Prefer Maybe to you can fight them. Maybe you can find like a a three d sculpt of a like a, 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 a cogsmith type of dragon where it's maybe more metallic in and more it, it's know, like the the look of the unit is a little more like the unit in itself like when you play that
1: on like you you, you are a sweat like when you play dragon like I don't like playing dragons like it's got everything on this thiswa so it's like i just don't want to play this one.
0: No, that's fine, and I'm like, I'm only giving thoughts to the people listening to this. So, yeah, for yeah. some people, they might like, Yeah, I'd love to have some dragons. and they'll I to see some lists out.
1: like they do well, but uh, my choice is just not to play them. All right. I'm <laughs> fine with okay. them. All right, so that's okay.
0: Would you play cronspine Will you play the new uh incarnate of Gur? Assuming I that they was I may try him because he's a monster, so it will bring more
1: uh, action that I can do. and. He's quick, so like not unless Gotrek like really slow, but uh, gunspan can run and charge, and I think it's more like twelve inches, so he can keep up with my armies. And maybe I'll give it a try, but like I hope like it's not like Gotrek, like it's gonna be less firepower and it's just gonna go in the screen and do nothing there. But that's what I'm referring to. Like it's gonna be easy to screen.
0: I think the other part. I think the other part's going to be the fact that if you took a spine in a KO list, it would be a distraction. People would focus on the spine while you're moving around shooting things. So, you know, like where do you get 400-odd points in your army? Well, I think the easy answer would be maybe you drop the ironclad, but you lose a lot by dropping the ironclad. I, I don't think so... I will lose.
1: I If I get him, I think I'm just going to go and take nine skywarden out and uh, one euro, like, I'm going to take out. Like maybe navigator, because they don't love this slayer pistol. But I, I will need to test. Like with, the... I haven't get a game with him. Like, I think it could be a good choice, because it's bringing in monster, and that's like more victory points I can make. So,
0: I yeah. I think it could be a great one. This one it's just, it's a consideration. Like again, yep. depending on pe- how people want to build their lists, but it's another tool, whether you want to do- delve into it or not, whether you want to buy it or not, obviously it's up to you. But um, if you are looking for some, and I think this is kind of the question, right? Do, do I, do I lean into my strengths or do I try to uh, fill in the gaps of my weakness? And, you know, you're not a very good combat army. So yes, I could go into fire slayers. I can get into dragons. I can get into crom but that's 400-odd points that aren't going to my shooting. So, you know, it's a trade-off. Do I want better better offense or do I want something that, you know, I'm not very good at, but I've now got something to at least compete in that space?
1: Yeah, yeah that's that's the choice that we made. But, like, with screening, like, that's a, the thing I'm most afraid of. Like, 400 points is going to get screened. Like, it's a, a big loss. You cannot screen like a caradon shooting. It's very hard because I'm dropping in your face, moving, so I'm mean, like in your face first turn. Like this one can be screened, will be screened, like always. It's not
0: going to be. I don't think it's going to be hard counter this one. Yeah, look, this is not the crown spine show. I'm not, like, we could talk about these <laughs> till the cows come home because there's a lot of cool things. Like, you know, you can yeah, lock yeah. people in so they can't chart, they can't, they can't retreat. So then you will just pew 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 when you shoot them while they they're stuck there and they can't do anything with cron spine. There's a lot of pros and cons either way, but I think we kind of made the point. If you want to lean outside of your book. There's a couple of options. Got Trek, you could do dragons, you could yep. do Kronspine, a Mega Gargan if you want to bring in um, the Kraken, eater Mega Gargan, or you can stay native and just play to your strengths, which is shooting. But one of the things I kind of want to ask you before we start wrapping things up is what's the key to success? You know, you again, you went four and one. You've done it's not, You're just a one-trick pony. I have seen your record and you have done well previously as well with KO. But in third edition playing with KO, what are the keys to success? How do I win how do I make the most of my faction? Whether I run a list like yours or something different, maybe i run more gun haulers, i run more, I don't know, allies. Yeah. How do I win? Um, you need to, like,
1: uh, take out the priority target first, and you need to know which one unit give which buff and kill that important buff. Um, in a lot of armies, like, there is a big yo that is getting buff, but he's getting a buff by, like, smaller heroes, like, he are easy to get killed. So... Instead of killing the big one, uh, you need to kill small little one around him, and then you can try the big one after. Um, because a lot of time, you like, you see this one big one, and you do, oh, I'm going to kill him. So we're going to shoot him up, but he's so buff, like, you don't do anything. So it's choosing your target, right? That's a key to success with Karadon, right? I'd say. Yeah.
0: So, follow up question then if I'm a newer player, I'm, I'm, I haven't gone to many tournaments. Um, how do you know what the priority target is? Like, what is it that you do to understand? Is it questions you ask your opponent? And if so, what are the questions you ask? Is it something that you do before an event? Like, how do you work out what those those priority targets you might want to pull down? For me, I just play a lot of games, so
1: I know which cartoon is doing what. But, like, if you're a beginner, I'd say, like, ask the one one um, what each hero is doing and like try to in your head like this one seems um scarier so I'm gonna get this one first. But like with with practice you're gonna know like this one is I have to get killed first and then like it's a thing it's a thing of practice and like looking at books and looking at videos of games to like know what what army is doing what. So
0: yeah, like, you know, if, if you are going to a tournament, you can look at, you know, a lot of previous tournaments Well, you can see the lists, you can go, right, well, what are the common things, you know, you always see like a war chanter in an Iron Jaws list, you always see Sentinels in a Lumineth list, you always see Morathi and, you know, you can start to see some of those trends that help, but I think, you know, asking good questions, you can't ask your opponent, hey, lower which is new um Are there yeah to hey Low, which 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 unit should i shoot first hey yeah. which what would make you cry more than you know no but you can say like you know what make you know can you run and charge and how do you run and charge or yeah. um you know what you know what is like yeah i mean each army has different questions you can ask but you know getting better at understanding your opponent's faction but and you also notice like they're always putting certain buffs on you know they're always trying to cast mystic shield on a certain unit or you're always trying to you know, there's certain things happening on the table.
1: Yeah.
0: A ticket. So, yeah. Oh, I think I say something. No, <laughs> no. no. I don't know. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk with KO? I mean, again, it's a cool army. Obviously, uh, I think we we're all like started this year, at least me, I thought. Um, I thought Fire Slayers and KO might be combined, but I was surprised that no, Fire has got a natural yeah. book by itself. I thought Mike Grungy might come in and kind of like make your friends together and it could be like an Auric War Clan book. I think it still might happen. Um, I'm okay. a bit. I, well, I, I don't know if you saw the, um, the, the Warhammer previews for Warhammer Fest, but they talked a lot about Cities of Sigmar and they talked about humans, which made me think about well, what happens to the dispossessed? What mm-hmm. happens to the elves? Will they go home? Will they go out of the cities of Sigma into Grunnir, into Alariel? Will they will they leave the cities? Um, and maybe maybe that will be the trigger. Maybe you will have an Ironclaw, or uh, 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 Orc book, which will be like Iron Jaws, Cruel Boys, Bone Splitters, Soup, and maybe you'll have that too. Fire Slayers, yeah. KO, dispossessed, dispossessed, Soup.
1: Yeah, maybe where you get that. Maybe Be I can nice. speak about like the Arden matchup in uh, in Care. Please, yeah, yeah, like, do that. There's a few one like against an internet. It's very hard because um the the rule like you cannot shoot what you want. Like that's what you want to do with Care. You need like to kill the important thing, and these this rule like allows does not allow you to that. So you need to. Play a lot more defensive you cannot go all in and shoot what's important because you cannot do it so like i think that's like the hardest matchup for kyara and then like uh, thunder lazard too uh, with the reducing damage by one um, i got a lot of two damage so it's reducing like like 50 percent my damage mostly that's what i lost to in the tournament that's like my only defeat
0: is against a thunder lizard so so let's go back to the uh Eidnith one, because that's the one that like is the big counter to you, right? Yep. You KO, you fly from the sky, and you want to shoot what you want to shoot. But the Ideneth rules, if people aren't familiar, there's a specific one called Forgotten Nightmares. And what it allows you to do is you must shoot the closest target. So from a positioning point of view, you need to be smarter on where you put your boat so you get a better choice at what you shoot. Um or you're going to be forced shooting at things that they want you to shoot at let's say defensive eels that ignore rend or you know cheap bodies of thralls and reavers where they don't care about them dying because they're protecting their sharks and their turtles yeah. so do you have any hints for say on Dipkin? that's a really good um call out thank you um again these like i i'm not playing all out
1: uh, i'm not like teleporting all of my things first time um what I do is I just drop my vortex uh, among them and I go to an, uh, one side like far away from like one, all the big targets um, and I'm shooting like the the rivers and the trolls to like for next turn that there's not anything there to stop me from shooting at it but I you cannot do anything very against internet because you just you're going to shoot at what you want to shoot so it's gonna be the outbuffed guys, so you just try to kill them. And yeah. You can if it's like he's got a really good deployment, you can drop the vortex and just take out and just take the objective and let him come to you instead. And when he's gonna move, you can drop behind him and then shoot important things.
0: Good call out, because one of the things that uh, I didn't really want to do is they always try to buff up for that turn three, where they can use the high tides to everyone strikes first. So you can use that to your advantage, knowing that they're anticipating or preparing for that. So what is it that either can I get get out of combat and not be in combat for for turn three? Um, I can be shooting or trying to reduce the damage and removing the threats of those turn threes. or as you've said, use things like spell in the bottle, and they don't have very good casters unless they've got yeah. the um, the eidolon of the sea. Yeah. But outside of that, like unbinding that that um that spell is going to be very hard. So if you can drop it and you stop the the, sh- the turtles or the sharks flying, the eels from flying, then um you can really reduce their ability. So I think you've made some good comments to an army that will probably give ka- um uh, ko a really hard matchup
1: there the other one,
0: And after that, there's Stormcast, but, like,
1: this one is match up for everyone else, so it's the same thing, like, you need to kill the, the crossbow, if you can, and survive from the first start. Like, you need to stay very far away from all left team, and hope that he won't be able to touch you. Like, you cannot very do anything. You need to screen like, as much as you can,
0: and pray that you're gonna survive this shot. You said your second list was uh, in response to things like Kragnos. Have you had much experience against Kragnos and any recommendations? I went against a Kragnos
1: uh, in this tournament. Um, it was with like a Trolls army, so I just killed all the Trolls and left Kragnos alone. Like, he just moved 10 and then can charge 3 or 6, but if you're far away, he cannot charge. So I'm just always teleporting away from him. And when he was alone... I just take all of my armies and I shoot at him. And I try yeah. to take him down. Or you can just excavate him all games long and just teleport away. But there was only three objectives on this one, so it was easy for him to try. just stay in the middle and take like two objectives at each of his turn. So I tried to kill him and I got him like I double turn, and he wasn't lucky with his save roll, so I killed him. Like just with minus one run and he's on a one up easy like he's on a two normally but all of defense so he's on a one up and i only have one minus one run so like you he need to fail as well so to kill him
0: and sometimes the best strategy is to ignore you know if you don't have the tools to take down and just everything a, else around correct it. Take down everything else because then they've only got one model that's scoring yep. objectives, and it feels weird. You're like, I'm ignoring Nagash, I'm ignoring Archaon, I'm ignoring this 700 point, you know, monster. But if you can't handle it, why would you try to put in all of this Ren One shooting into Kragnos who will just ignore most of it, you know, heal up potentially, and then you know, there's still the rest of the armies, the trolls, the gits, whatever it is scoring. So. Sometimes you're right. The best strategy is to ignore that big centerpiece if you can't handle it and then focus on everything else and play the objective game. Like any final comments before I bring this home, this has been awesome. It's been great to talk KO, certainly one that I wasn't planning to do. But when I looked at the grand clash, I saw how well you did. I thought it would, I'd be remiss not to invite you to talk about KO, especially for one that is certainly not in the top, traditionally in the top table. So I hope this is giving a bit of optimism and enthusiasm for the KO players, both for in third edition currently, but also what's to come in KO. Um, especially as again as we go into the, the first season of the Next Generals Handbook and who knows what that's gonna to bring to the table.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll see more KO uh, next time around. I thought it'd be cool because I, I was alone on this tournament. I was the only KO on the one hundred and sixteen list.
0: So uh, maybe next time there will be more. And I hope so. I dig it. Well fingers crossed. Uh yeah. any shout-outs? Anyone you want to kind of call out or uh, you know, before, again before we wrap this up?
1: No, I don't have any. Uh, in front of it tonight you no. Know. I don't know any big yeah, uh, big person <laughs> to shout out to.
0: Oh, but you have been an absolute legend. It's been awesome talking um to you, Loic. Um I I've learned a lot. I've learned what uh I would have called you like Locke. Uh, I might have called it you once in it Uh, I've learned a lot and more importantly I'm a bit more optimistic on ko because you're right there's very few people and the people who run them are dedicated diehards they're not running it because they're the most competitive but and and you know I've been running my gloom spike kits recently and I know they're crap I know they don't do well but they're the toys that I want to enjoy and I'm like how do I make the most of it I want to run ko I want to play well. I don't want to lean into dragons. What's the best thing I can do? And I think you've definitely given us some great ideas how to do well with my faction. And then if I want to go into dragons, I can. I don't. I don't have to. It's my choice. Yeah. All right. Well, if you've got no shout outs, I'm going to wrap this up. You all know what to do at this point. Like, subscribe, hashtag best KO show ever. Uh, Loic you've been awesome and if people like more KO I'd recommend they go check out the Aethercast podcast on YouTube which is another KO specific channel who who do really good work I have no doubt that you'll be invited to go over and chat to them sometime soon they are absolute KO legends
1: great thank you for having me to you're from.
0: all right thanks thanks for everyone who listened Loic thank you so much for your insights and uh, I'll see you all next live stream Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord. So links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue